0: Do take your seats. If you're a guest or if you're new here, my name's Tim. I'm one of the leaders here. Um, there is a whole stack of notices, aren't there, with the start of a new term. Can I just add my own little kind of personal invite? I, I would love to invite anybody who's part of the 11 am M service to come away for a weekend in Wales. Uh, on the 18th, 19th, 20th of November, uh, we're going to go for away for a weekend away. When you come to a church that's quite large, it's hard sometimes to connect and get to know people. So we thought a weekend away would be a brilliant thing to do. Uh, so uh, do go on the church website or go on to the Woodlands Church Facebook group um, and you can book in. Uh, you can pay, if you can't pay everything all at once, you can pay in um, uh, in two payments if money's a struggle for you uh, with cost of living etc we know that's the case Uh, we have got some bursaries available to help you to come so do take a look at the website and we'd love to have you come away with us for that weekend uh, over to Wales good it's the last Sunday in September and we're just finishing off our series uh, called expectant so if you've been around at all during uh, September or if you've been watching online um, maybe you've picked up we're looking at what should we expect? The first week was, what should we expect from prayer? Does prayer really work? How do we cooperate with God, with our faith, to see things change in the world? The second week, Dave spoke, and what do we expect of church? What do we expect of church vision? What do we expect of, um, uh, we, we see God doing when we gather together and the impact we can have in our world? Last week, we heard from George uh, Sniband, and again, what should uh, kind of a life look like that is a life of sacrificial love? What do we expect of God's love touching our hearts? But how, well, and again, what do we expect about how we then touch the world around about us? So this morning, as we finish off our series, we're going to look at what is uh, a life that is uh, full of the Holy Spirit. What's our expectation about life in the Spirit? Now, you might be somebody who is here or watching online, and you haven't got an awful lot of an idea who the Holy Spirit is or or what he does. And and again, Alpha is a great place for you to visit because we have a whole day looking at the Holy Spirit. But for many of you that are here and maybe um, have been Christians for a while, you'll know that the Holy Spirit is the part of God that loves to be with us. Actually, the part of God that loves to be in us. One of the, again, just the uh, things that I struggle to get my head around is that God who is everywhere through the Holy Spirit chooses to be in people who love Jesus, who've chosen to follow him. Paul says that, do you not know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit who dwells in you? A gift of God, not that you deserve it, but God's Holy Spirit is poured out on you generously and freely. But quite often we can kind of live our lives, and we live our lives just by what's in front of us. Things that are physical, things that are are around us, family to care for, jobs to do, kind of money to earn, kind of uh, leisure activities to pursue. The very physicality of life can actually become more important in our minds than the spiritual things of life. Which is why I want to take a little moment this morning just to remind ourselves, and for many of us it is a reminder because we probably know some of these things. But for some of you it might be a, a new thing, a new thing to think. How does the Holy Spirit work in my life? How does the God who's everywhere work somewhere, which is here, with my fears, with my hopes, with my anxious thoughts, with... Um, Yeah, the pain that I face with the joys and and the sorrows of life. How does the Holy Spirit help me and and comfort me and and be with me? So we're going to look at a passage from Galatians chapter 5. And I'm just going to say kind of four things this morning, that I think, might help us. So here we go. This is verse 16. So I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's our kind of old human nature. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the acts of the flesh are, are simple human nature are obvious. Here's a list. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, And self-control against such things there's no law those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit i know for some people maybe you're a Christian and you kind of look back and you can remember some kind of times where the the Holy Spirit was, was really involved with your life and maybe you can think there was high moments. Actually, maybe those are moments you look back and when the first time that you were filled with the Holy Spirit... And the first thing I wanted to say is, we think about what does life look like, what can we expect of life in the Holy Spirit? Actually, the first thing I'd like to say is that life in the Spirit is for everyone. Life in the Spirit is for everyone. In, in Acts chapter 2, as, as Peter starts to explain to people who are inquisitive about this new life that seems to have burst out onto the streets, he says this, Repent and be baptised, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far off. For all those whom the Lord our God will call. Actually, we are the people who are far off. I mean, geographically, we're far away from the Middle East. But actually, 2,000 years, we're far away from that time. But the truth is that anybody who receives Jesus, who calls on his name, will be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you ask. Actually, that is the truth. You might come to church on a Sunday and look around, and you might think, actually, of course, there's people I look around, and they look very spiritual. Actually, some of them maybe look very holy. And I know my own thoughts. I know my own, I know my own actions, my own reactions. And you think, it's okay. I can imagine that God would want to fill them, and the Holy Spirit would want to help them. But actually, I'm not sure if I deserve it. I'm not sure if I'm good enough. I'm not sure if I've done enough. But the truth is, actually, God's Holy Spirit is available to to anyone, to to everyone. Actually, in fact, everyone in this room, you're not excluded because of the things that you think and do and say. How bad you think you are, how dark your insides are. Actually, the Holy Spirit is available for each one of you. And maybe if you're listening online or if you're here in the building and you've never before experienced what it is to have the God who's everywhere filling you, maybe this morning when we pray in a moment or two, could be the time where you experience for the very first time God's Holy Spirit filling you. That's what we can expect, bringing the life of Jesus to life in you. I know for many people they try to be the best Christian they can. Um, I often tell the story about my mum my who, my dad was a vicar, um, and my, therefore my mum was a vicar's wife, and she, ought, she thought she ought to be a good Christian, in fact, quite a few times, my dad would say to my mum, Rosemary, do you not think you ought to be reading the Bible more? And she says, well, I pick up the book and it's just dusty and dry and, and it's just hard. Or she might say, Rosemary, do you not think you ought to be praying a bit more? And she said, well, it's like I try and pray, but like the words kind of bounce back off the ceiling. Kind of, it's, just, it's just really hard. And there was a time when she went to a little meeting and they talked about the Holy Spirit. And although she read a Bible, she never really heard about the Holy Spirit before and how the Holy Spirit could fill you. And at the end of the meeting, a bit like we'll do in a moment or two, uh, some people prayed for her to receive the Holy Spirit. And just again, this overwhelming sense of God being in her and God being with her. And, and, and something from that moment, it wasn't then about human choice or human will. Actually, she just loved reading the Bible. In fact, she, she couldn't put it down because it was so alive and so real. And, and, and when she couldn't put it down, my dad would say, Rosemary, do you not think it's time to cook the children some food? Um, or, and she'd be praying, and, and just somehow life took on a brand new dimension because the Holy Spirit had filled her. The Holy Spirit had equipped her. And that could be the same for you this morning. If you've never experienced the Holy Spirit for the very first time, maybe this morning you've been trying to live the Christian life and you know it's hard, you know it's difficult, you know it's dry. And in a moment or two, we could pray the Holy Spirit, like those first Christians, could fill you, inspire you, and equip you. The second thing is maybe some of you can look back and you think, well, yeah, I did have an experience like that. I can remember when I was in a meeting and, and I was prayed for and, and somehow I, I found a new boldness and a new courage. I found a new vitality was there. But maybe you look back at it and it's just a kind of experience. Actually, maybe it was even just a, a one-off experience. And I think the second thing I would say, being filled with the Spirit is not a one-off experience. Actually, it's, it's, it's a perpetual experience. Those first followers of Jesus on the day of Pentecost were filled with the Holy Spirit in an amazing way. But chapter four comes and they start being persecuted and they pray that the good news of Jesus wouldn't be stopped because of persecution. And what happens? They're filled with the Holy Spirit a second time and get this amazing boldness. And and Paul says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. A first time, a second time, a third time, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Actually, each day we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I wonder, maybe for some people here this morning, you can look back and you you can remember, yeah, actually I did have some great experiences of the Holy Spirit, but the last week, or the last month, hmm, maybe the last year, I'm not sure if I've experienced the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm not sure if I've experienced again just that freshness of like the water that quenches my weary soul. I'm not sure if I've known the power like a wind that blows through our cluttered lives. I'm not sure if I've experienced something of the fire that, that purifies and cleanses me. I'm not sure if I've experienced the Holy Spirit in my life quite that way for a while. And Paul says here, walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. It's a, a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly opportunity to be open to the Holy Spirit. Maybe for some of you this morning, as we pray in a moment or two, you might realize, do you know what, I think, I think I haven't been walking by the Spirit. I think I've been going on with the business of life with family and jobs and grandchildren. Oh, we went up to look after our grandchild, help look after our grandchild, and it's hard work. It's a young person's game, having kids. Um, but we could be absorbed by all kinds of stuff that comes our way, rather than being led by the Spirit keeping in step by the Spirit, walking with the Spirit. And I wonder whether for some of us this morning, in a moment or two, the Holy Spirit wants to remind us that he's here for you each day. If you open the door and welcome him in, he's close at hand to help you, inspire you, comfort you, challenge you, lead you. third thing I'd say is this, is that you have to make a choice though. You have to make a choice. In this passage in Galatians, uh, Paul says, actually, there's there's a conflict going on that you're you're involved with. Actually, it's a conflict between the flesh, our human nature, and the spirit. He said that kind of, what is kind of, uh, the the spirit is contrary to the flesh, and the flesh is contrary, there's there's a, a battle going on. And the reality is that there's a battle for the kind of life that you are living. You can either live a life that's controlled by your human nature, by your personal drives, your jealousies and your selfishness, your bitterness, your lust, your anger. Actually, you can be controlled by your human nature. And unfortunately, we live in a world where people are. They think they've been true to themselves, but actually the self they've been true to is actually fallen and... But we could live a life controlled by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and Paul here, he, he kind of lists a whole kind list of things that if we just give in to, to our human nature, there's all kinds of stuff like um, fits of rage and selfish ambition and uh, drunkenness and envy. He lists those things. Actually, you, you could give your life to that, but you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Or you could live a life that's a life by the Spirit. You could choose that kind of life. It's your choice. My prayer and my hope is that you choose the Holy Spirit. It's the only way to live. It's the only way to be genuinely who God always intended you to be. Not being true to what is in here, but it's true to be what's in the heart of God. As we choose, we choose the Spirit, we find that we don't give in to our human nature We find more and more we have a tendency to to give in to the Holy Spirit. I think it's interesting that that, um, in this passage it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit that grows in your life, when you choose the Spirit rather than choose your human nature, actually the fruit of the Spirit, it's not like a, a power encounter. Fruit grows. In our garden, I do like a bit of gardening. In our garden, we've got an apple tree. And, and in the spring, on the apple tree, there's blossoms. It's blossoms with little petals on. Is it an apple? Well, no, it's not an apple. But there's promise of an apple. When those petals fall off, you're left with a little kind of knobbly round bit. Is it an apple? Well, no, but there's the promise of an apple. As it grows and grows and grows, as there's water and there's sunshine, it kind of looks like a mini apple. But is it, is it an apple? Well, if you taste it then, it's a little, maybe a little bit kind of... Uh. But the day will come where the apple becomes an apple that's ripe. And you pick it and you taste it. And it tastes wonderful. There's something about if you choose the life of the Spirit. Is the character of Jesus in your life? Well, there might be a little blossom. A little bit of the hope that your temper is diminishing. There's a bit more peace. There's a bit more joy. There's a bit more love. Actually, it may just look like a little knobbly bit of something, but it's a bit of the life of Jesus in you. It might grow until the day that there's something about your character and your nature. The Holy Spirit's working within you. You've not given into the flesh, but you've given into the Spirit. Where people taste your character, your actions, your words. And they taste Jesus. They taste his compassion, his mercy, his kindness. Through your life, through your words. Why? Because you've not given into your sinful nature. You've given into the Spirit and a bit like a blossom becomes an apple. We walk by the Spirit and we change in who we are to be conformed to the image of Jesus. The Spirit wants to help you, genuinely on your side, doesn't want to judge you, doesn't want to squash you, but he wants to kind of draw you to become more like Jesus in your character and nature. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. That's my expectation of the Holy Spirit. As each day I want to kind of yield to the Holy Spirit activity in my life, I find my character being transformed to become more and more like the person of Jesus. I mean, who wouldn't want that? But somehow we choose the flesh. We choose the human nature. Actually, if you don't choose the spirit, you default to the human nature. You might not say, well, I've chosen to be mean and bad-tempered and miserable. (laughs) But actually, if you don't choose the spirit, you will end up just going according to what is in here. And maybe for some of you, the choice this morning is, are you choosing the spirit? Or are you defaulting to the human nature? And God has dreams for your life, he has hopes for you, he has ambitions. He would love you to become just like his son in your character, personality, and, and nature. And that comes through the Holy Spirit. The fourth thing I would say is, is this, is that um, being filled with being, uh, what do we expect of the Holy Spirit is not a spiritual high to be obtained, it is a life to be lived. Sometimes we so have been so transformed by the spiritual elation of a high moment, whether it is in a worship time, whether it's a time of prayer ministry where we've encountered God, and God in his kindness and goodness, he does reach out. And at times, there's supernatural healing and, and breakthrough that we, again, it's in a moment. But sometimes if we're just looking for the breakthrough of that kind of moment, we can miss the fact that it's a whole life the whole life that we should be living. Actually, if we're just looking for the, the power encounter, actually we'll miss what, in the book of Revelation, is called the Sevenfold Spirit. Well, actually, we'll miss all the things the Holy Spirit does. I, I have got, I've given you a little bit of homework. I used to be a teacher. Um, and so uh, there's a little bit of um, extra reading if you'd like to do this because I, I couldn't fit it all into one sermon. So, but here there's, there's seven things that I think the Holy Spirit does. There's seven things that I expect the Holy Spirit to do. I expect the Holy Spirit to, to change me, to become like Jesus. I expect the fruit of the Spirit to be in my life. Actually, I do expect the gifts of the Spirit to be at work as well. I expect there to be times where there's, there's prophecy and there's words of knowledge. I expect there's times where there is kind of healings and, and, and miracles and faith. A few Sundays ago, I, had a, 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 I listened out to God, and there was, I got a little kind of image of, of somebody who has this reoccurring thought that was kind of persistently coming back. And actually, it was quite a, a negative, harsh thought that, that kind of just unwontedly would come into their mind and was kind of pestered them. And this lady came to the front at the end of the service and said, actually, I, I think that might be me. I've, I I, I follow Jesus and then I wander away, and I follow Jesus and wander away. And I've just had this thought that's been bugging me for for weeks now, that what if God doesn't forgive me? Actually, God isn't gonna forgive me. And it's just like this weight, and and we prayed, and again, just experienced a little kind of moment where the Holy Spirit was there. I spoke to them last week, and I said, oh, how's it been? And he said, I've not been bothered at all by that thought, a real freedom. And, and, And the gifts of the Spirit are here for us i think the drawing of the spirit i think the holy spirit is poured out on everybody for your friends and family and work colleagues and neighbors who don't yet know jesus i'm expecting the holy spirit is on their case i'm expecting he's trying to convince them that their major need in life is not money or relationships or a better house actually their need is because they are separated from god I'm convinced the Holy Spirit's going to try and show them that Jesus is the answer to meet that need and that if they don't respond to Jesus, there are consequences, there's judgment. I'm expecting the Holy Spirit, when people become Christians, he witnesses to our spirit that we are children of God. I mean, I mean that's an unbelievable truth, isn't it? That you are a child of the eternal, divine, heavenly Father. Now, our heads sometimes can't get around that fact, which is why the Holy Spirit helps us. He witnesses, he testifies to to our spirits, reassures us that you are children of God. I'm expecting the Holy Spirit will do that for people from time to time. I'm expecting that he helps us when we intercede. We're not quite sure how to pray. We just feel the pain and intensity on the inside, but our human vocabulary are insufficient. The Spirit helps us to intercede with groans too deep for words. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide you, to prompt you, to inspire you. The same way as he led Jesus, the same way as like a dove that comes to comfort us in our pain when we're mourning and when we're sad. Actually, I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to surround you and lead us. I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to refresh us as Jesus talked about living water that flows out When we're dry and parched, when we feel sad and alone, actually, there's something about the Holy Spirit, I expect the Holy Spirit will refresh and inspire us. So maybe go a little way and go away and and have a little read of those passages because the Holy Spirit does more than just meet you in a prayer ministry time, in a worship time. The Holy Spirit's do all those things. And are we giving space for the Holy Spirit? Are we keeping in step? the Spirit. There's many things that struck me during the, the Queen's funeral as, as um, I watched with the family. And, but one of the things was just how impressive it was to see all the marching. All the, actually, impressed to see people keeping in step. I mean, how did they do it? Well, maybe there's somebody, maybe there's a drum, actually. But actually, what would it look like if there was a church who kept in step with the Holy Spirit. I mean, in the same way as that was an awesome sight, actually, I think there's a moment where if we keep in step with the Spirit, it could be an awesome sight to our broken world, a world that needs to see life and hope and truth and purpose. Actually, if we were to keep in step with the Holy Spirit together, we would be an awesome prophetic sign to this world. So my challenge as I finish is this. Are you willing to keep in step with the Spirit, to march with others who love Jesus, to say he is the one who helps and heals, who delivers, who saves? We're gonna have a little time to respond and a chance to worship. And a chance, if you'd like, a bit of prayer. And I suppose it's just, it is those four things this morning. Maybe you're here, you're someone who's not yet a Christian, or you're just investigating, and just maybe you've not experienced the Holy Spirit for the very first time. Well, in the moment, I want to pray that you'd, you will experience just the, the life-giving uh, person that the Holy Spirit is, that you'd open the door of your heart to him. Maybe it's for, for some of you that you look back and you experienced the Holy Spirit in the past, but you know this week. This month, this year, you've not given your life to the spirit. And maybe in these moments you can do that. Maybe for some of you, you know there's a battle between your, human, your humanity, your flesh life and the spirit. And maybe the, yeah, the flesh life has been winning. And you know that if you're going to genuinely be the person that God longs for you to be, this morning you need to say sorry. Confess your fault and say, God, spirit of God. Will you bring that fruit in my life? I choose you. And maybe for some of you, it is about aligning your life with the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. A glorious sight in a broken world of the church moving with the power and life of the Spirit of God. I believe the Spirit is here. I believe the Spirit knows you personally. And I know he wants this morning to meet with you. And so if any of those four things I've mentioned, if you think any of those things are vaguely to do with you, why don't you now just stand up in your seat just to say, God, actually, that's me. Any of those four things. So if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, you know that you need to be filled with the Spirit t- today, you know that you've been living for yourself life rather than living in step with the Spirit, um, why don't you just stand? I'm just going to pray for us. If you stand, you know that you've experienced the presence and power of God in the past and it's not been like that in the last few, few weeks or few months. If you know that you've disappointed yourself and disappointed God through some of your character traits and you need to know the refining fire, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here now. We welcome your activity. Come, Spirit of God. It's true the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. And the same as you can welcome a person into your house, or you can leave them on the doorstep, we can welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives, or we could leave them on the doorstep. My prayer is that you, this morning, you'd open the door, you'd welcome the Holy Spirit, whatever he you need him to do. And as you welcome, he'll come in to fill you for the first time, to refill you, forgive you, bring you hope. Spirit of the living God, fall on us, I pray. We're going to take some moments to worship and Those of you who are still sitting might like to stand, but just as we stand to to say, Spirit of the living God, will you fill me? Will you lead me? Will you inspire me? Maybe you'd like somebody to actually pray for you, and there's going to be some people on the side here who would just love to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit for the first time. If there's some physical healing that you'd like, then do come and find us here. But we've got 10 minutes or so to worship, to welcome the Spirit. But uh, you might want to do that, stood where you are. You may want to come and and find somebody at the front. But let's take a chance in these moments to welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives. Spirit, we welcome you. Descend on us, we pray.